tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Nassau. And today we are going to be continuing our review of Jukin Sentai Geki Ranger as we take a look at lessons 22 through 31. I am Boken Silver, and I'm going to let the rest of the crew, we got the whole crew here once again to introduce themselves. So go ahead, guys. Hello, it's uh, me, Shinken Red Patrick. All right. It's uh, me, uh, Goka Red. No, That's the Riz, by the way, guys. Don't, don't. It's not Mario. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony, also known as Curry Green, and I'm walking the path of heaven. Cool. I'm sorry to hear that. It's from it's from um Kabuto. I'm watching Comrade Kabuto now. Oh, oh, I did. I didn't know Path of Heaven. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm, um, yeah. This catchphrase. I'm pretty sure Kabuto... Wait, hold on. Yeah, I think Kabuto was the Kamen Rider season that was airing at the same time as Geki Ranger. Okay, that's what? a huge coincidence here. <laughs> wow. I forgot about that. Okay, or was it... Or did it air at the same time as Bo Kendra? Well, anyway, Maybe Kabuto was. was around the same time, but... Anyway, they probably, um, they probably overlapped at the very least. Yeah. So anyway, um, we got quite a bit to cover. So uh, I'm going to give a brief recap on what happened in Geki Ranger last time. Um, so Rio, our main villain, was uh, started um, undergoing some training from people known as the Kenma, which are evil versions of the uh, Fist Sages. Um, the Sky One, Kata, who wields a hawk fist, and uh, further training from the Sea Kenma, a jellyfish wielder, uh, Rageku. Uh, the Geki Rangers encountered more of the Kensei. Uh, Retsu got training from the Bat Kensei, Bat Lee, who trained him how to use the Geki Fan and Geki Bat, um, an auxiliary mech. Uh, John met the Shark Kensei, Sharky-chan, who taught him how to use the Geki Sabers, and uh, his own auxiliary mech, the Geki Shark. Uh, we got some more revelations on the history behind the uh, Jukin, with how uh, there were originally ten masters of Jukin, and three of them turned into the Kinma, and the other seven became Kensei. And uh, there was a big battle where the Kensei ultimately won. And when we last left off, the Geki Rangers were defeated. Uh, it was a three-parter. The Geki Rangers were defeated in a direct battle with Ryo, and they received training from the final three Kensei, including the Gorilla Gorian, the Penguin Michelle Peng, and the Gazelle Pion Bayo. Uh, this allowed them to unlock Kageki, which um, allowed them to use the Super Geki Claw and transform into Super Geki Rangers, and it gave them access to new Geki Beasts. The Geki Gorilla, Geki Penguin, and Geki Gazelle, all of which combined to form Geki Fire. And here we are. So let's jump right in. Uh, lesson 22. QE QE Date with a Celebrity. Um, this is kind of a John-centric episode. Um, 
So uh, this episode, uh, Rio is all angry because, um, you know, he just lost to the Geki Rangers and he wants to awaken the final Kenma, Maku. Um, but uh, they're unable to because this uh, organ that he, um, that's like key to reviving him was lost. And apparently it's um, fallen into the hands of a celebrity that John and the other Geki Rangers try to impress so that they can get it. A um, couple of things. Uh, Geki Fire is revealed to be able to combine with Auxiliary Mechs because it combines with uh, Geki Shark to form Geki Shark Fire. Um, Maku is successfully revived when Melee steals the organ. Uh, Maku is the Kenma of the land and is the wielder of the Bear Fist. And at the very end of this episode, um, Master Shafu and Mickey, after Master, Sh Master Shafu uh, senses that Maku has been revived, they decide that it is time to expand the Geki Rangers with a new team member, and a mysterious man starts to, uh, um, is shown at the very end. Um, one brief fun fact I want to bring up about this, um, when the Geki Rangers are talking about the organ, that, uh, Maku's organ, they discover it through a magazine that has the uh, organ labeled as a precious. That's actually a reference to the previous Sentai, Gogo Sentai Bokenger, because uh, precious are the artifacts that they hunt in that series. Pretty nice little uh, fun fact there. Um, so yeah, I just spoke quite a bit. Uh, anybody want to uh, kind of break the ice talking about what they thought about this episode? I'm going to go first to give everyone a quick sock. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with John in this episode. He wasn't nearly as annoying as he has been in the past. Um, he, his interactions with that celebrity were very endearing to me. He wasn't being selfish. He wasn't being his typical uh walkie walkie whatever freaking idiot that he normally is and he genuinely was trying to help the celebrity in his own way and i thought that made this one of the better don focused episodes i've seen so far sadly that doesn't last very long but i do want to give props to props to you Yeah, it'll be something we get to later, but I, he does better when he has good, uh, I guess, suitable characters to bounce off of. Um, but, I don't know, it, it's, it's weird how they managed to make a story-relevant episode feel like a filler. <laughs> this, yeah. ep this episode really didn't feel like it was important, but it, it really was important. So... It, it was... You're right. This felt like a huge filler, but literally they're reviving Maku, who has a huge impact for the rest of this review segment, at least. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this goes back to the problem of the Geki Ranger writers don't know how to write something with a story properly. <clears throat> Well, I kind of said that, like, this is another episode where 
I think the villain story is amazing, but the Geki Ranger story is mad. I mean, I I get like I agree with Riz that maybe John wasn't unbearable in this episode, but I think my problem is that I just find it a little bland because like I don't know him not being able to unlock Kageki again. Just well, first of all, it doesn't even get that much focus in this episode, and I also don't like how he steals the show with that because like. Are the, the writers are aware that, like, everything when it comes to Kageki is all, so far has always been with John. Like, the writers are aware that Retsu and Ron have Kageki too, right? Especially it when... it doesn't seem they do. See, especially with the point of it... Last review session was that it was meant to be a Team Harmony mechanic. But then they make all of the focus episodes about it centered around one character. <laughs> How do, how do they do that? I like the villain story here because I, I, I think it's a natural progression for Rio's story. He's insane that he lost to Vigeki Rangers and he wants to revive Maku. They say that he shouldn't, but he's so determined to obtain power that he'll take any risk. I think that it's pretty routine, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, but that's well, also kind of a... That's I also, mean... Good. That's also kind of just a theme of this season so far is the villain story is just so much more interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think I said it I think I said it last time, Pat, that at this point I'm still rooting for the villains to win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said it in the podcast or if I said it privately to y'all, but I'm going on record and saying up until lesson twenty two and maybe a couple of episodes beyond, I'm rooting for Rio to win. That's funny. <laughs> I gotta get it. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we got Don, who has really bad character everything. Then Retsu and Ron have really poor development in terms of, like, I don't know much about them. We know more about Retsu than we do Ron, but even then, I mean, I wanted more from them by, by this point. And the, the Kensei are are there, but honestly, it gets overwhelming having this many of them at, uh, already introduced by episode 22, you know, like having all seven of them here, and it's like, I don't know them, and I don't know how to process them, so it's very difficult to feel anything for their team, but it's very easy to latch on to Rio and Melee, because there's only two of them, and they get really good focus compared to the main protagonist. And that's, going back to that, that's kind of an issue that I've had with this season up to this point. How do you have three main characters and you underutilize them all? No, 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 no. They underutilize two of the three main characters and they overutilize one of them way too much. I mean, it's always been, it's, it's, it's always been my mentality that if you have a team of three, it should be easier to develop all of them evenly. But I don't know. This season's writing continues to confuse me in, in ways I wasn't ready for it to. See, you're nice. I, my, my comment here is the writing in this season infuriates me. <laughs> and we'll get, we'll get to some of my thoughts on this as we go through the rest of the review, but I'm just going to leave that seat here that 
the writing bugs me a lot in this in this part. Um, I I sent our Instagram DM earlier a little semi rant of what I'm thinking about this segment today, and yeah, um, I have thoughts. I'm, I'm looking forward to the big explosive rant. Oh, you're you're gonna have some fun, <laughs> don't we always? Yeah, we do. You got anything uh, to say about this episode, Anthony? <laughs> Riz, you let me down, man. This was the one episode I was like, yes, finally, something I can actually like, like actually be like happy to see. So, as both Riz and um, Nate know that like. <laughs> There was a scene from this episode that I replayed like about five times because I just love seeing it, and it made me upset. Risk because I was like, "You didn't, you like, you like John in this episode." I was like, "Come on!" Like, I was enjoying okay. him. Let me, let me, let me clarify. Let me clarify here. I don't like John. I don't really? have any positive feelings for John. <laughs> really. <laughs> You what haven't I made said, that clear enough. <laughs> <laughs> what I said was in this episode, episode 22, that John was not as irritating as he normally is. And they gave him a spread of an attempt at good writing. And it came out decent. That you in no so? way means I liked it. It just means I see the attempt was made and they tried for once. What do you think of the slap? Oh, the slaps are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I watched it like three times, like five times. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> That's what I did. I was like, but, but honestly, yeah. honestly, I hate to say it so early in the review process, like, but I'm trying to speed through these episodes as quick as I can so I can be done with the season. Dang. You know what's funny? You know, you know what's funny you say that? Because before I started watching these episodes, I looked on the wiki to see if I if there was any of these episodes I could skip, and then I saw that they were all, all important. And I was like, God dang it. <laughs> oh, you you look at the wiki beforehand? That's a smart idea. Yeah. No, just 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 for this yeah, just for this session. I wanted to see if any of these were filler that I could skip and none of them were. I was like, God dang it. I have to watch all I of know. them. <laughs> Yeah. I'd probably give this episode like maybe a five out of ten. Yeah, it's it's so so. I give it yeah. a seven because of the slap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna give two scores here. <laughs> the, the slap is a ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the episode the episode as a whole is a five out of five, uh, five out of ten. Yeah. Because it was so nice to see that slap. You're right, Anthony. Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, yes. <laughs> but you know what's sad, though, is that, like, that's one of the rare occasions where, like, someone actually puts John in his, in, in his place. Like, you really see that. Well, it's not hard to put him in his place. Gotta tell him, walkie, walkie, just walkie, walkie that way. Yeah. And never walkie walkie back to the story. <laughs> we want to move on to the next one. Yeah, please. All I'm right. Cool. Here. All right. Um, lesson twenty three. Uh, 
kind of a filler, but it also has some big implications for the next couple of episodes. It's called a Gure 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 Suke Bon Captain. You know, you know Patrick said in the Patrick said in the last review that I say these titles with dignity. I'm the only guy here that can do that. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was just thinking about he sounds like he doesn't want to say these titles anymore. Yeah, they're a huge mouthful. <laughs> they're a mouthful and they're nonsensical. I mean literally the the entire anytime he mentions these words, everyone stops what they're doing and looks at him and says, Wait, what are you trying to say? Is he okay? Exactly. Does he need to go to the doctor? <laughs> Are you having a stroke? Are you okay? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, in this episode, uh, since the Geki Rangers are going to be expanding into a four-man team, they decide that they need a new captain uh, because that's a big thing here. Uh, they never said in any of the previous episodes... Uh, who, unlike Jungle Fury, where it was kind of made clear early on that Casey was the leader, um, they never said in any episodes prior to this who definitively was the leader. So uh, in this episode, uh, Ron is named the new leader. Um, and most of the episode is her having difficulty adapting to the new position. And uh, the latest Rinjukin Beast kind of turns her into uh, this delinquent, like, bad girl. Um... While at the same time, uh, there's leadership, there's a leadership change for the villains um, when Ryo challenges Maku, but Maku easily overpowers him because it turns out Maku holds what is basically the Rinjukin equivalent to Kageki uh, called Dorinki, um, which causes Ryo to uh, acknowledge Maku as his superior. Um, um, but, you know, he vows that he'll get Dorinki himself and surpass Maku. But right now, uh, Maku has taken over Ryo's role as the boss. Um, there are um, a couple of things. Uh, so, first of all, like I said, Ron is officially the leader of the Geki Rangers in this episode. Uh, this is the first time in Sentai history that a Yellow Ranger has been named the leader. Um, obviously, usually it's red. Um, the the only Sentais that I recall where um, Red is not officially recognized as leader, uh, apparently Ninja White in Kaku Ranger is considered a leader. Um, they they acknowledged in one episode near the end that the Ninja White was meant to be the leader. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, in Mega Ranger, they say Mega Black is the leader. Um, he might as well have been. Yeah. And uh and Time Ranger, none of you guys have seen it, but you've seen Time Force. Time Pink is the leader in Time Time Ranger. Um wasn't Big One the leader of his Sentai team as well? Oh yeah, that's right. But but it started yeah. off with Red. So uh Oh, did it? I thought it was always uh Big no, One. Big One should have been there. Yeah. Oh, so he pulled the Tommy White Ranger move. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. I'm the captain now. Since I did it first. So one could time. say Tommy's the big one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, waka waka. Still now, uh, walkie walkie. 
No, no, no. That's definitely not what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, a couple of uh, big things uh, um, happen here. Uh, at the very end of this episode, Melee, who's all angry at how uh, Maku is treating Ryo, encounters this mysterious man who calls himself Long, um, who is going to be a big character for the remainder of the series. Um, John and Retsu... Uh, briefly encounter a mysterious wolf man um, who they battle before he runs off. And then at the end of the episode, uh, they encounter the wolf man again, and he turns back into his human form, and Retsu recognizes the man as his older brother, Go. This is normally where the dun-dun-dun music would play. Um, yeah. So, uh... I'm going to start off here by just saying that this episode, I, I like it, but it has way too much going on for its own good. Like, I, so I really wish that this episode revolved more around Ron struggling to adapt to the leadership position because this was a good opportunity for her to get some character development. But then you have the drama with Go and his Wolfman struggles, and then there's they put some heavy emphasis on the Rio and Maku drama, which is great and all that, because, you know, the villain stuff is great in Miss Sentai, but this was an episode where you had a perfect opportunity to give Ron some fleshing out, and I think they did it okay because they portray her as being a little too strict early on, mm-hmm. and, you know, tr- and, you know, how she's kind of, you know, not kind of has too much pressure put on her. And let's be honest, she's probably the best suited to be the leader of these three because, you know, John is just kind of a, you know, John is just kind of a child and Retsu is, I mean, he's not always the nicest person. So she's kind of like a good middle ground between the two. But there should be more in this episode, I think, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Almost, they almost treated her being labeled the leader as an afterthought. It was. Because it really wasn't acknowledged that much past this episode anyway. No, and so I have questions here. But first I want to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Jungle Fear did this episode a lot better. It did. Because when Lily turned evil, it was handled way better. Oh yeah. Like, it was more funny, it was more interesting the Fran and Lily interaction is by far one of my favorite memories of Jungle Fury and this episode while it's the original and what they adapt they used to adapt to make Jungle Fury this is nothing but a shadow of what it could have been and so my question number one what criteria do they use to all of a sudden say Ron's the leader? Because, okay, yeah, I guess he's the best qualified of the three, but they barely go into that in the episode. They just say, oh, hey, you're a leader now. Okay, thanks, bye. And then that's it. That's exactly and, what happened. Yeah, it, it bugs me. They, they could have done so much more with her character because, spoilers, even up till the end of this batch, there were episodes we're watching i know nothing about this girl and i want to but i don't know anything you know we're we're gonna be 31 episodes in by the end of this and she's still a a cardboard cutout 
<laughs> no, right. cardboard cutouts have more development than she does. They can at least stand on their own two feet. <laughs> Dang. But she falls over because she has no development. So if they wanted to add a character, if they wanted to put a character in as a leader, again, go back to a complaint I had earlier in the season. Why not just make Miki a ranger? Give her a or, give her a Deca Master esque persona or something, you know? Yeah, I mean Make the her... way they handled RJ was so much better than what they did here. Oh yeah, yeah. Or he was already there, and they turned him from leader into a ranger, a mentor into a ranger. Yeah, I mean even in the beginning, before um, when Casey was still learning how to be a leader, RJ was the leader. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't understand, like, okay, I understand the default in our culture for Sentai is the Red is our leader. And I know they tried to push for a little while that John's the leader, but no, he's not. He's nowhere near leader. God, no. It's just, it's just, Ron... If you want to make Ron the leader, I'm totally cool with that. I am 100% on board with that. But to make this episode have any impact, we need to have Ron be more established and more well-rounded by now. So that we could all say, without a doubt, okay, yeah, Ron's the leader. Just like we could say that uh, Kaku White was the leader of the Kaku Rangers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I just I'm disappointed in this episode. Again, the only good part of it is the uh, melee Ryu and Maku stuff. <laughs> I yeah, but I mean, like I said, I think I mean I kind of like what they tried to do with Ron, but. It's not enough, and that's why I kind of want to give... Well, actually, first, Anthony, do you want to give anything on this episode? The only good thing I want to say about this episode, besides the whole thing, stuff with uh, the uh, real stuff, is the fact that Ron looked cute with makeup on. There, that's it. Yeah, you had to say that, didn't you? I mean, you're not wrong. Dude, <clears throat> she's yellow and she's cute. What do you expect me to say? <laughs> That's his cute. Good there job. You go. You've done there your you job. Go. All right. So I'm going to start off the, the grades for this uh, episode. <sighs> Y'all are going to be... You, you, may, you guys may disagree, but I'm going to give this like a two. Mm, nah. That's kind of what I would think, too. Like, I wanted to go with a one, but this is not as bad as it could have been. I... I actually want to give it a six just because I like what they were trying to do, but it's not enough. But I don't think it was bad. Like, there's nothing about this episode that made me hate it. Well, I, I don't necessarily hate the episode. I hate that I'm disappointed by the episode. Yeah. And, like, so had I watched Gekki Ranger without seeing Jungle Fury, um, I might have had a score more similar to yours, Nate. Mm -hmm. But 
haven't seen Jungle Fury, haven't seen how to use a Sentai footage to make a better story. No, this is this is disappointing to me. I, I can't go beyond a two, like above a two. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, your grade? Uh, I'll give it six two. Okay. Uh, well, that leads us to a two-parter. Um, lesson twenty twenty. Uh, lesson uh, twenty-four. Uh, Garu, Garu, what? You're my younger brother. Oh my god, these stupid titles. Um. um Okay, so this two-parter um, revolves around us uh, getting to know Go more, uh, Retsu's older brother. Um, first part, uh, we learn more about uh, Retsu and uh, Go's past. Um, Go was a student of Ma- um, Master Shafu's at the same time Ryo was. Uh, Go wanted to stop Ryo and attempted a um, and a transformation, uh, basically the same transformation that would have made him uh, the same animal form as the Kensei, but his process wasn't perfect. Now, we don't know um, exactly why, but we find out in a later episode that uh, it was imperfect, and that left him incomplete where he did transform into a wolf, but he was like a feral and mindless wolf. And he disappeared when he was unable to defeat Rio when everybody thought he was dead. Um, and it's also revealed that uh, Go and Retsu's parents died when they were young. And Go cared for Retsu uh, while he was training uh, in Gekijuken. Um, Retsu was kind of a coward and, you know, uh, easily scared. And he idolized his older brother. Uh Go made Retsu make a promise that he would never take up Gekijuken himself. Um, and most of this episode revolves around uh, Go clashing with Retsu because he's taken up Gekijuken and he's a Geki Ranger. Um, and uh, most of the episode just revolves around uh, Go and Retsu trying to come to terms with each other due to the promise. And at the end, uh, Go accepts uh, Retsu uh, that he's changed a lot you know, and accepts him as a Geki Ranger. And then that leads us to the next uh, one, uh, Hine, Hine, She Geki is mine alone, where uh, Go doesn't want to uh, join the Geki Rangers because he thinks that he's not a true warrior of justice. Um, He reveals that he has his own form of Geki um, known as She Geki, which is similar to uh, um, Rinjuk and uh, Dorinki. And he believes that he's not worthy of joining the Geki Rangers because of that. But then Natsume, who's uh, Miki's uh, daughter, and, and for those who don't remember correctly, uh, she helps him overcome his wolf transformation. And when he saves her from melee, he realizes that he's truly meant to be a warrior of justice. And he's given his own jacket and a gong changer to become, uh, which was specifically made for a Shigeki. And this allows him to uh, become the fourth Geki Ranger, Geki Violet. This is the first Sentai Purple Ranger in history, which was awesome. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Go was able to summon his own Geki Wolf, Geki Beast, which can combine with Geki Toja to form Geki Toja Wolf, where the Geki Wolf replaces Geki Cheetah as the right leg. 
And uh, the big thing at the end of this episode is that Rio gets angry that the Geki Rangers and Go, whom he knows, all have these new powers, and he lets out rage, which causes him to realize that he has Dorinki too. So that was big. Uh, what did we think of this new two-parter with the introduction of a, a new Ranger? What did you guys think? A character I like. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Go is amazing. So, I'm going to start off by saying Go is amazing, but still not anywhere near RJ level of good. No, no. Uh, just want to yeah, level. Um, but Go's story is really good, and I like that. Okay. So I like his story. I like his character arc. I also find it interesting that in two episodes, I know more about Go than I do about Retsu and Ron combined. Well, you know more about Retsu a little bit now than he is his brother. I mean, I know a little bit more about Retsu, but I mean, it's because they're brothers. Like, you don't really know much more about Retsu beyond the fact that he was a wimp as a kid. His brother vanished, and he became a Geki Ranger. Okay, like, I feel like we could have gotten more about him prior to now, and we didn't. Well, to be fair, at least one he, has, about the art. he has more than what he did prior, so it's like... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, in two episodes, I get more development <clears throat> than I did for Retsu and Ron in 25 episodes. That's the point I'm trying to make. I understand. I, I maybe I just view it differently than you do, I guess. Yeah. Like, I definitely see what you're saying. I think Retsu's got some development here, and it's good. But too little too late to have made a good impact, because Retsu could have gotten something before now, beyond the fact that he's an artist that's world-renowned. Like, they could have dug into that a lot more throughout the season, but they barely touched on it until... Uh, this episode where, oh yeah, by the way, as a kid, he was a really good artist, and uh, Go wants him to pursue art and not uh, Geki Ranger stuff. Do you I do like the... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I'm just going to make this quick comment. I do like that Go said at one point um, when he was watching them fight that the way Retsu fights is like art. I thought yeah. that was a really good line. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. What I was going to say was that, like, do you think that they made uh, the character go this way because of the lack of development Retsu gets? I think... I think not. I think... So, Retsu getting any kind of... Uh, character development here is the side effect of Go being introduced as a character. If that makes oh. sense. Uh, what do we think of... Uh, so, th this is a big moment for Sentai. Uh, the very first official Sentai Purple Ranger. Uh, what do we think of the suit? I like it. It's I like it too. It's supposed to be 
the suit that I can't remember the name of his martial arts style. Muay Thai. Um, was yeah. is it Muay Thai? Okay. I, I, yes. I actually read somewhere that his suit is sort of designed based off of the outfits that uh, Muay Thai fighters wear. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but um, it's it's something that someone mentioned somewhere. Well, but, even if it isn't, I feel like it best suits it because, like, the gloves look... Because Muay Thai, for those uh, who aren't familiar with martial arts fighting, it's a form of, like, kickboxing um, yeah the gloves that he wears kind of look like hand wraps that yeah, a boxer would wear under the gloves yeah I, and i like that he has like the hanging strands around his uh, wrist it's like that to show the the loose ties around his hands it's a really good attention to detail and one of the things i like that the that jungle fury kind of removed is that his his changer is actually a gong <laughs> uh-huh. it, it's a, it's a really uh, it's a different type of changer for sure, um, but yeah, like his fight style, his uniform, everything. It's not too busy either, which is which is good. And but it's more busy than the other Geki Ranger outfits too. So it, it's it's nice. And I like how they add elbow and knee pads because Muay Thai yeah. puts a huge emphasis on hitting people with your elbows and knees. Yeah. So it perfectly complements that fighting for the, style. For those, of, for those of you who have played fighting games, and I don't know how many of you are here familiar with the characters from Street Fighter, but uh, the character Adon uh, uses the same fighting style. So if you've ever seen him in the Street Fighter games, there's your point of reference. Because he's a yeah. very and, um... heavy elbow-knee fighter. The Street Fighter series too. Even have the same fighting stance. <laughs> so uh did we want to say anything else about uh, this episode? Uh I didn't have a I didn't have a chance to get in my word on the episode. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um go with, you know badass. There there's there's a part of me that wants to think that him being introduced as the wolf guy and then being recruited into the team happened a little bit too quickly. I didn't want something that drug out as long as, like, let's say, Zanaku and Gal Ranger and Wild Force, but I feel like all of this was just too quick-paced for me. He's, he's a good character, and I like the kind of more serious dynamic he brings, because he's a lot more stern than the other three that we've had up to this point. But this whole yeah. thing of him appearing and being introduced and even in like the next episode or two where the, the wolf thing gets cleaned up, it's just all too fast for me. I mean, and that's the same problem I've had with not only this character, because I agree with you here, mm-hmm. but with all the Kensei, like they pop up and they're so sudden and so quick, like wham, bam, we're done in like one episode. Yeah. And like, like per Kensei, we get like one episode. Then we get like three Kensei in one episode. You know, like yeah, what, yeah. Going into this because it was excusable for Jungle Fury because it's like twenty episodes shorter. So I expected yeah. things to be a little bit quicker paced. But here it seems like they just dump everything on us in like bulk. Because just skipping ahead a little bit here, we're like two episodes away from Geki Chopper being introduced. Like yeah. we just got Geki Violet. Why the heck are you introducing two new rangers in the span of four episodes? Calm down. 
<laughs> yeah, right. and so, we like, have time. This this feeds back into something Nathan said in an earlier podcast. I don't know if it was in the first or second, but he said Geki Ranger does the mythology better than Single Fury, and after watching these two episodes, I kind of agree with him that the mythos and Geki Ranger is better. With stuff like the Sageki and the Triangle and all that. Um, but I feel like they assume we're going to understand and latch onto the idea of their mythos in the span of like one episode and not in, you know, we know it inside and out. It'd have been nice if we had been given this stuff a little bit every episode instead. Yeah, and like, the way the way they did this at RJ and Jungle Fury, I thought it was nice that they had like what two, maybe three episodes prior to that episode, where they have random Wolfman sightings and we're kind of building suspense of oh, RJ turning into a wolf, and uh, we're worried how how they're going to resolve that. Yeah, how did a season that was more cut for time stretch the story out and pace it better? <laughs> I don't I don't know. But Jungle Fury does a much better job of pacing and storytelling in my opinion. Yeah, because because this season is either nothing or everything all at once and there's no No, it's all walkie walkie or knocky knocky. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I do like the 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 tonal shift he brings to the team because like I said, he's a lot more stern and I th- think this team needed someone who was more dead serious, I guess is how I want to describe him. Now, one thing I do want to touch on here, and I'm going to probably steal Nathan's thunder, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I have issues with the Geki Toza wolf. Um, and this is I'm... something I have issues with and the Sentai and in the Ranger, I really want a Geki Wolf to have a battle mode. And actually, they don't. Actually, let's, let's talk more about that in the next thing, because that's where it kind of relates to it. I thought the this was in this one. Well, okay, yeah, but in the next episode, that's where I kind of wanted to reserve this, because... Uh, okay. Because that that's when because here he pilots it with the other Geki Rangers in the next episode that's kind of revealed what he yeah. does. Okay, well let's go on to the filler. Yeah, I give this episode a I give this two parter. I like Ghost Story. I give it about an eight out of ten. Uh, I'm I'm thinking. I think eight's a fair score for this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ding it a little bit more for the for the fast pacedness, but honestly, Ghost Story was good, and that's all that mattered to me right at that moment. So I'm gonna stick to my eight. Anthony, what do you think? I give it a I give it an eight too. Wow, we actually all four agree. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> this never happens. Um, okay, so we got, um, next episode, uh, kind of a filler, uh, it revolves around both John and Go, 
Um, it's called Mohe Mohe, Consult Your Worries. Um, where um, in this episode, uh, John is irritated at having Go on the team, and Go is considering fighting separately to avoid disrupting the triangle. Um, a couple of uh, things about this. Uh, Go reveals that his Shigeki allows him to use his Geki Wolf to summon Geki Tiger and Geki Jaguar by himself so that he can form Geki Toja Wolf by himself and fight alongside the other Geki Rangers um, and Geki Fire. So Geki Toja Wolf is basically Go's personal mech. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, although Riz kind of already preluded to that. Um, Rio uh, confronts Gorian and Michelle Ping in this episode on whether or not he can defeat Maku. And uh, Maku tells him that, no, 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 Gorian tells him that Maku's power is basically godlike. So Rio decides that the only way that he's going to be able to defeat Maku is if he can visit something known as the Jukin Holy Ground, which in a later episode we find out is where uh, uh, Jukin was originally created. Um, I, I really don't like this episode. I, I don't like I so uh, and it's not just about the mech range men. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. I thought that this episode was going to. I actually forgot how much this episode annoyed me. He it starts off great because I like Ghost struggle. Like he's wondering, well, okay, these guys fight as a three way team. So am I like disrupting them by, you know? by being part of his team like am i screwing up their identity and it seemed like a great um opportunity for development with john because that's how he gets irritated but it turns out that he's just worried about how they'll line up like i just rolled my eyes at that that was so annoying like the jungle fury episode the, the jungle fury episode in my opinion might actually be one of my favorite jungle fury episodes because it's a legitimate um it's a legitimate uh concern where you know rj just became a ranger and you know he's kind of a you know doing you know taking some extra uh steps because he just became a ranger and then casey feels undermined it's a great episode i like that episode but this no it just really irritates me i did not like it yeah so all the all the stuff i said in the last no, and whatever I said it was earlier about Zahn being a bit tolerable. That's all gone again. I hate Zahn a lot more than I did before because of this episode. Like, I thought Zahn was legitimately getting feeling threatened about Go being more experienced and maybe he'll replace him or something similar to the Casey and RJ struggle, right? But no, he's literally just worried about where does Go stand when they're doing their Henson. And he literally has to go to Gory Yen and Masil Ping to figure this out. Like, yeah. he has to go on a spiritual quest to figure out who stands where in the lineup. It's so stupid. I hate this season right now. <laughs> yeah, that was Anthony really annoying. Anthony, why? Like I said, it gets better. You just have to keep watching. Okay. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay. I'm um, just saying. Uh, Patrick dropped out real quick, but uh, he'll be back on uh, briefly. He had to reboot his router. But uh, while we're waiting for him to get back, I okay, I'm going to go off of what Riz just said. So, like I said, in this episode... Go reveals, so blah, blah, blah. You know, Go now uses Geki Tojo Wolf as his main mech. I hate that. And this is why the Geki Ranger mech line to me is really disappointing. Because, okay, Go's mech, his personal mech, is basically a glorified auxiliary mech. And from now on, he's basically just going to be using the main mech um, as his own personal mech which I just think is stupid. So it's a huge wasted opportunity because, like, you could have done a bunch of different things with this whole thing. Like, you could have, you know... So in, the, in this story's case, you can say, okay, Go's Shigeki ability gives his Geki Wolf the ability, you know, different abilities compared to the other Geki Rangers. Like, his Shigeki allows him to transform his wolf into a warrior mode or um you know uh and and it would have worked in rj's case because you know rj and you know power rangers his case i mean his skills is like on par with the paishwa master so rj is basically like a kinsei equivalent in jungle fury and you can get away with that or at the very least you can say go has mastered all these different fists so maybe he has the ability to summon like I don't know. He could do something similar to like uh, Gal Hunter slash the Predazord from Wild Force, where he has like two other mechs that he can combine with his own wolf to form his own mech, and like maybe call it something like I don't know, like maybe Geki Boxer or something. I don't know, but like that's the point. But he just gets completely ripped off, and that's just something that really, really, really bugs me. Like he just gets really cheated here, and. I, I hate it. Like, Anthony, you said that that didn't bug you. Like, it didn't. It, why does it not bug you, though? I don't know, because it just feels like, I mean, it feels like Geki um, told you it doesn't feel wasted. He's actually, he, it, it's still being used, you know, and, and not thrown to the side like how most me main mechs are when, the new, when they get a new mech or whatever. And I mean, I guess, but but do I think that he should get his own mech? I mean, honestly, I kind of do, but at the same time, it's like you know, I don't know. It's like I'm, I get what you're saying, but it just doesn't really like bother me as much. I guess if that makes sense. I'm not gonna lose sleep. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like like lose like my my you know. It's not gonna bug me. It's not gonna like, like make me like just irritated, like irritated to the point where I'm like gonna like do a rant about it. You know what I'm saying? It just I don't know. It just yeah. Just don't see it. Just don't see it the same. I don't know. I mean, okay. did, did you want to give your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I don't really think there's much to say about this one. To go off the point you were just talking about, I I kind of don't mind. I mean, would I like to see him get his own mech? Yeah, but. I think Geki Toja fits his fight style a little bit better because it is a very agile mech because we kind of went over this before. And with his fight style being very... I guess limber is the word I'm looking for. 
having yeah. athletic mech fits him better. I do find it weird that he was able to summon the other's main uh, spirit beast without any reasonable explanation. Because <laughs> he just he just kind of mm-hmm. does it, and everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would have loved. I would have loved a little bit more. Uh, explaining on how he did that so effortlessly. I pr- I'm uh, Riz. Uh, in- Riz stepped away, but he told me that his score for this episode is three. Um. I'd probably give it a three two. What about you? Yeah, it's it's just there, <laughs> kind of. I give it a three yeah. two because it it really irritated me. Hold on. Also, they didn't even resolve his issue because his issue was how am I going to fit into their their triangle, and then yeah, they just, they just drop it. <laughs> yeah, never got resolved. Yeah. Oh. Jan was confused about how we were going to line up together. All of a sudden, my problem doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> um, next up, we get a, another filler episode. Uh, Baron, Baron, Burning Play-By-Play. Uh, it's a Go-centric episode. Uh, so in this episode, Long curses Go to turn him back into his Wolfman form, and the Geki Rangers uh, get help in the form of uh, Baie. Uh, Baie, I don't think I mentioned this guy before. Uh, maybe I have. Uh, you guys remember in Jungle Fury how uh, there's always this annoying fly that has to give a, like, let's get ready to rumble type of uh, commentary he's, on the Megazord he's the, annou- he's, the, he's the announcer slash, um, you know, I, you can't even call him a referee because he just he's not really a referee per se. He's just... Kind of like a uh, a fight and commentary. He's a commentator. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, this is him in a Geki Ranger. Uh, he was called Flit the Fly. Um, and uh, we find out more about his backstory, uh, where um, he was apparently someone who fought melee during the original uh, battle between the Kinsei and Kinma. Uh, he just like Go tried to do his own transformation, but. Uh, was um, uh, his imperfect technique caused him to become tiny and turn into a fly. This is actually uh, where we find out that Go's own uh, feral wolfman form is due to his own technique being imperfect. Uh, He was swallowed by Melee, but he was revived along with Melee when Ryo revived her. And because of that, he's uh, like eternally connected to Melee where... Um, if he spends too much time away from her, his body will decay. Uh, he almost dies at the end of this episode, which would have been great. But, uh, okay, that was mean. But still. Um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, Melee revives him. And uh, a big thing is that uh, at the very end of this episode, we see a mysterious man dressed in a white and orange scratch tracksuit arriving in Japan. But uh, that's... Uh, that's uh, going to be reserved for the next uh, two episodes. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't really get much from this episode. It was kind of boring, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I welcome the, but they actually gave a dedicated episode to, to what was his name again? Bay. Yeah, Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad because in Jungle Fury, he just existed. 
There really wasn't yeah. unless I unless I missed an episode somewhere. They didn't. No, they explained it in the same episode that um that like Camille had like turned him into a fly. Apparently, oh and, uh, yeah, we don't know how she did. We don't know how she did that though, but right. she apparently did. Yeah, and yeah, then I she remember that. Him. Yeah, I know it. It was it was nice to actually get something on this guy and how he was able to help go get out of his uh his uh funk. Like this this episode was actually kind of enjoyable for like the weirdest reasons possible. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, Riz, are you back on? You want to give any commentary? Yeah. Oh. So my my two cents here are. I think this is a almost no, no same kind of story that we got in Single Fury in regards to the fly. But I think while I like Bay as a character, Kelson. Uh, I forget his last name. Person. There you go. He does such a phenomenal job as the fly uh, flit in Single Fury that I can't help but compare him to that. Um, but the story is all the same. I mean, he was a warrior. He fought with uh, Melee's Power Ranger counterpart. And he ended up uh, symbiotically attached to her by the end of the episode. So I thought the story was all pretty direct back and forth comparison. Uh, I do like the episode overall, though. I thought it was a fun episode. It's nothing like groundbreaking. It's not like amazing, but it's still a fun time, I felt. Can we also talk about how our boy was shafted? Everybody else got like uh, martial arts outfits when they got when they went into their animal form. He got stuck with overalls and a wife beater. Right. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I didn't notice that in Flit's design until we saw close-up shots of Bay in this episode. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> How did he get stuck with the honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd probably give this a 5 out of 10. 6. He's wanted to discount uh, Kensei, Patrick. <laughs> Yeah, from like a dollar store or something. <laughs> He's a Kensei at home. Oh no, uh, <laughs> we can't say we have at home. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a five. It's yeah. fun, but it's nothing remarkable. Uh, Patrick Anthony, a six. Mm, I'll get a six too. Cool. All right, uh, next up, uh, we got what's kind of a sort of three-parter revolving around uh, a special weapon as well as a brand-new character. Um, it's called uh, Bishiki Bishiki Pekin Out. I have no idea how that um, relates to anything, but uh, anyway. Um, in this episode, uh, the Geki Rangers encounter a former student of Master Shafu. His name is Ken Hisatsu, um, who is apparently the secret fifth member of the Geki Rangers, and he has to prove that he's worthy of being a Geki Ranger, but they're not too uh, eager to let him join. 
Um, it's revealed that Master Shafu uh, sent... Uh, so, apparently, Ken was supposed to be a Geki Ranger as well and assist uh, Retsu and Ron. But he, you know, was kind of a he was kind of lazy and rebellious, so he went to the Juke and Holy Ground for special training. Um, apparently, uh, even though Ken is very rebellious and like lazy, and he doesn't have any special Geki, he had he's a master of an old. He's the only master, apparently, of an old fighting style called the Fierce Beast Rhinoceros Fist, which is themed after karate where his Geki kind of turns into a diamond hard energy. And uh, John, after seeing this, is convinced to allow Ken to join the Geki Rangers, and, Ge and Ken joins them as Geki Chopper. And the big thing at the end of this episode is that uh, Long, who's uh, disguising himself, uh, confronts Ryo and tells him that he can only enter the Get Juke and Holy Ground through a weapon known as the Sojuto, and Master Shafu reveals, not to Ryo, but to the audience at least, that the weapon called the Sojuto was given to Ken. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got another ranger joining the team. Uh, what did we all think about this new ranger introduction, guys? Uh, I, was, I was wondering, I was waiting for Riz to jump in and be like, I have some things to say. But, <laughs> um, so, Ken, um, I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but I actually kind of like this guy. Same. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. I said I didn't like him, but I think I really misjudged him because I'm liking him this second go I'm. I've always been a fan of characters who are, like, strictly comedy characters. Jan was never written to be that way, so that's kind of why he annoys me, but this guy is meant to be a comedy character. And I think, yeah, he's, right. I think he's done in the right kind of way, where he's competent, a fighter, but as a person, he's a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Some of the antics he puts on genuinely made me laugh. So... Yeah. Uh, this guy's a breath of fresh air for the season. And his suit is so, awesome, too, and so is his, uh, his changer and weapon. Yes. So my quick thoughts are, this is a better introduction to the Rhino Ranger than what we got in Single Fury, because I don't like Dom. Dominic Dom is, is very weak. Dry. He's the weakest yes. character in Jungle Fury by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas... Ken is the second best character in uh, Geki Ranger right now. Only second to uh, Violet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I will start part of that rant I promised you earlier, Patrick, right here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> has has the entire team forgotten? That Don is a bigger goofball than this dude. That's has that just been overlooked? Because I don't like that they keep, you know, trying to put him down for being lazy or uh, skipping out or just not coming back when he's called and just that and the other. Like, oh, he's this piece of crap guy. He's not worth being a Gekki Ranger. And can I just say I hate the fact that Safu told him 
It must be the Geki Rangers that have to accept and acknowledge you. It worked fine in Jungle Fury where the characters actually gave a crap and did a good job being the uh, the team. But here, you have an idiot as the <laughs> Red who has no redeemable qualities to begin with, is constantly mm-hmm. just being an asinine piece of crap who exists to make me do these rants on podcasts, basically. <laughs> He's also loud and obnoxious, too. He's loud, obnoxious. He's illiterate in the wrong way. Um, He has no sense of being a team player. He has no sense of let me sacrifice for the greater good. It's always me, 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 me. I want this. I want that. And you're telling me that everyone's overlooking all of that crap. But they're giving this dude all kind of crap. Yeah. can we also um, uh, also remember that uh, the reason why John was late was because he wanted to eat a freaking uh thing from the store he, he was at? Yeah, the uh the the little Maybe. pastry thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like if he yeah, never know, went like, there, he would have he would have been on time, and he wouldn't have even met Ken. Yeah, like this would never have happened. But plot convenience demanded that we have a way to meet Ken while having some huge. <laughs> humorous stuff going on. And I will admit the the exchange between Don and Ken was pretty good because yeah. I feel like somebody finally put Don in his place again. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, no. He totally skipped out on getting there in time to fight because he wanted food. Again, thinking for, uh, like an id. He only wants for himself. He only thinks of himself. But He's okay to be on the Geki Ranger team. Nobody's going to question that. But everyone has to decide over here, like, oh, let, let's acknowledge him. Let's let's go through this formal interview process to sit down and figure out who this guy is. Like, no, you don't have to do all that. He's a much better person. He's actually more skilled because one thing they say is, oh, he's not even skilled. He's not even worthy of being a Geki Ranger because he doesn't have any training. What training did Zahn have when he picked him out of the jungle and made him a Geki Ranger? None. So, Geki Ranger, screw you. I'm giving this a one out of ten. I'm I'm going to I'm going to probably poorly try to defend this a little bit because I kind of viewed Ooh, it a little I'm bit. I'm excited now. I think the reason why they weren't accepting to him while they were accepting to John is because they expect him to do stuff like that because he's not educated. This guy is educated and he's still making these kind of decisions. So it's, it's be more easy to distrust him. It's plus, like, oh, he's, he's plus, jungle well, boy. plus he okay, also but... came off like he also came off as when he first showed up, he came off as someone who honestly didn't know how to fight, even though he was meant to be a a warrior of the of the Jukin. So it is it was more of like we're this this is the guy we were told about? I don't see it. While John was Master Shafu saw something in him, he just needed to have it fine-tuned. Well this guy is really <laughs> Yeah, this guy doesn't. This guy doesn't even look like he could put on his shoes correctly. And you're expecting us to believe that he's 
the second thing you that. It, it, it's probably just like a perspective I mean, thing. Ken, Ken wasn't anywhere near as bad as you just described him as, though. I mean, yeah, he's a goofball. He? He's a dweeb. <laughs> but at the same time, he at least understood the responsibility that he was given. He may not have followed it, but he could cognitively understand it. Yeah, John can't cognitively understand peanut butter jelly. Well, honestly, that's kind of where I I I bend to that a little bit. If he understands his role and jumping ahead a little bit, sells the one thing he wasn't supposed to sell, I would kind of have a hard time trusting him myself. John's hyperactive and an idiot, but at his core, he does do the right thing. This guy. Doesn't does he? Does he do the right thing by going and getting a snack before the big fight? Well, it's not like John sold the Geki Sabers for money. Yeah, so he could go get those snacks. Okay, let yeah, let's let's go move on to lesson twenty nine to talk about this more. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's in he's he's a funny idiot and a character I like. That doesn't necessarily make him trustworthy because he is a bit. I guess oh, no. I want to say scummy. Probably is the, is the word to, to use for this. If he would just apply he, himself, he'd be a much better character. He'd be much better, like, I guess, more to, to the team, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Pat. I do, and I agree with you on most of the stuff, but yeah, uh-huh. it's harder to trust him, but this implies that they give any trust whatsoever to John, and they shouldn't. Well, I think they got that out of their system early, but it was probably mostly because Master Saf- Shafu was like, trust me on this, and they took his word for it, because he is smarter at this than they are. Right, but but if Master Safu is saying he's the fifth Geki Ranger and he's the secret weapon, they should trust him here as well. Okay, They can't trust that, him on one, but not the other. Yeah, that I do agree with you with, but I guess... He, he just came off as more untrustworthy. I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not so explaining who, it the best I could, but <laughs> you kind of get where okay, I'm going. So with this. let me let me recap uh, 29 real quick. The basic idea of this episode, we can fill in the gaps later, Nate. But basically, the knife that we're all talking about that you know that Rio, Rio needs to get to Duken. Uh, it was in the possession of Ken, and Ken sold it for money. A lot of money, mind you, but he sold it for money to go screw off and go on vacation instead of being trained. That's <laughs> you know, really that, for what? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say a joke, but it, but I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just not even worry about it. No, no, no make the joke. I was gonna say that he probably spent it on pat packs and hookers. I mean, he might have to be honest, knowing him, but... probably. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not. That's not. A, that's not really a joke. That's probably reality. Oh, oh dang! Oh, dang! <laughs> but okay, he he sold the dagger for money to go to get black second hookers. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's fine. He did the thing. He screwed up. He made a mistake. I just don't think. That is any less colossal than any of the stupid stuff that John's done. Where he, Lee and I remind you, in the last set of episodes we reviewed, he forfeited 
saving uh, Safu because he didn't want to play the game with uh, Ella with uh, no, not Ella. It was a uh, gorilla. Gory. Gory. He he literally threw away the chance to go save his master because his pride was too much to overcome. They're the same person in terms of bad decision making. I don't care what y'all say. Okay, I say selling I think... the dagger, throwing away the chance to save their master. Same thing. But I think he, I, I think if he knew where it was at, as opposed to like, oh, I'm just I'm just I'm it's. I think it's too hard. I can't do it. And it's like, you didn't even try. He didn't try. At least Ken knew what he was doing, and he knew how to get it back. Right. And I he think... also, helped, also helped out a, a, a person in need. You know, that was his biggest quality. Yeah. He's always helping people. Yes, I mean, Ken did good by the end of the episode by retrieving it. Did, did Zahn do anything? Oh, no, he did do something. He failed to do the test, and then he got rewarded with Super Geki Mode. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think my the thing I was the point I was trying to bring up earlier. I can better word it this way: John means well. How how he expresses it and shows it isn't very good. Ten, it's kind of ambiguous if he does, because. Him selling the saber wasn't with good intentions or well thought out intentions, if that makes sense. Because I think I think that's John's biggest problem. Come on. I mean, yeah, I can see that, but. I can't get past what I said earlier. I mean, because that's how I view it. John, he he does mean well. He doesn't mean to do anything bad. He just does it because he's not... He's simple. Yeah, he's simple-minded. He's and not simple-minded. He's an idiot. That's well, what I meant. He's simple. I guess what I mean. He's simple. He's uneducated. That would be the better, more yeah. correct term. Yeah. And that can lead to him doing very stupid things just because he doesn't know any better. This Ken is educated, but he still does stupid things. Therefore, it would be easier to make him see, be seen as untrustworthy. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of that was the point I was trying to make earlier. The only reason he went and found the thing is because he was almost pressured into doing it because the others made him realize how stupid he was for doing that in the first place. <laughs> yeah. If, if they didn't be like, well, where's the dagger? He would never have want, gone back to get it. Oh, no, yeah. No, he was so, done with it. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. But so, that's why in the episode he was like, where's the dagger? He's like, oh. So... Uh, and, I will, and I will always come back and say, yeah, he screwed up with doing that. I'm never going to defend him selling the dagger. I'm just pointing out that it's hypocritical for John to be the one to pass judgment when he's worse than him, in my opinion. I mean, realistically, would you have, could you have seen John do that himself? Sell the like, dagger? If he was given the dagger and was told to hold on to it, could you see him have intentionally 
got getting rid of it. Accidentally, yes. yes actually. I, I could see him accidentally losing it, but intentionally, uh, I can't see it. I can see it because here's the scenario I see. John is walking down the street singing Blue Lot of Dew or whatever. And <laughs> he sees he sees a stand selling some kind of food that he really, really likes. He walks over and says, Walkie walkie, what is this? And they say, This is some delicacy thing that it's the most amazing dessert in the world. And he looks in his pockets, realizes he has no money. Or little or very little. Oh no, he has no money because he doesn't have a job and he doesn't get any money to begin with. He likes to trade. He he said that earlier on. He barters. He would totally trade the damn dagger to get the food. Because he thinks about himself only first. And he's proven that by failing to even attempt Gory's challenge. Eh, I don't know. It's like, it's sort of like you trust Ken to what, like, to be able to, like, to, I guess, help you with babysitting or whatever. But as far as, like, uh, John's concerned, no, you, I will never, <laughs> no, I would not have him with my kids. Honestly, with babysitting, I wouldn't trust either of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust either of them with the job. No, yeah. no. I trust anyone with babysitting would be wrong. Definitely not. John would have been, because, because you know I'm picturing it now. Freaking, he's probably teaching my kids like that stupid catchphrase, like "Walkie Wiki Nikki." I'm like, no, uh, no, John, get out. John would have the baby laying in a pile of sugar. Ken wouldn't even be at the house when I got back. <laughs> <laughs> like, what Ken, the heck is Ken would be Ken would be halfway to uh, Vegas at that point. Right, <laughs> he'd be on a flight. <laughs> They they be like, oh, hey, how's the baby going? What? He get a call for call from see, us. But I definitely could see John giving up the dagger for his own personal selfish wants and desires. Yeah, it's like okay, Pat. Here's the way I'll explain it. If you have a three year old, and you tell him, hey, this is a really important thing. You got to hold on to it. And then the next person to walk up to him says, hey. If you give me that thing, I will give you candy. What is that three-year-old going to do? Yeah. Give it to him so the candy. Same, same mentality John had. There's no difference in mentality here. Yeah. Except I mean, John I'm is not, actually a child, though. That's the I'm thing. not he, saying that it's... I'm not saying I don't totally see a situation where you could do it, but... I don't know. Yeah. John's a child and, and Ken's just irresponsible. That's really the, the only difference. Yeah. I know uh, Patrick already uh, briefly touched upon this, but uh, what do we think of a Geki Chopper suit um, in general? Because like, we got another new Ranger introduction. Uh, what do we think of the suit? Anybody want to talk about it first? I I don't know if I like it. What? Really? Why not? I think the color scheme kind of bugged me. I, I thought 
the white ranger in this context was not the best color idea. I'd have preferred him being more gray for a rhino. So I can understand. Yeah, I can see that working. I can understand that, but I think white works because, okay, first of all, I love this suit. In fact, I would would say that it's like one of my top 10 favorite individual suits because, okay, his theme, his fighting style is themed after karate. It looks like a karate uniform. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, so that's already awesome. And the helmet. What the rhino was also really great. My only real complaint is that I wish that he used the uh, the um, the uh, gray uh, the you know helmet as like a weapon or something like that. But uh, and you know his changer is also great because you know his fighting style apparently you know he likes to use more open handed chops. So his big weapon is like this huge blade that folds out, which would work like an open handed chop. So. That's pretty cool. Like, this might be one of my top 10 favorite suits indivi- on an individual level because it perfectly, si- um, it perfectly signifies both his fighting style and the animal. Like, I honestly, like, I can't get over how much I like this suit. I can see that. I, I still think my favorite suit from this Sentai is Purple Do. Yeah, I like purple too. Yeah, but yeah, I I just I can see why you're saying that, and I totally get it. Um, I I think matching that was a good thing. I I agree with Nate. I like this. I love this suit actually. Like the and plus, like I love like his overall like weapon too, because like it's similar to the cool. Yeah, it's similar to um. I guess the I guess the the regular Geki Rangers, but his is just more like he get he gets an added weapon as a bonus. Yep. Yeah. Plus the the helmet might be my favorite helmet of the five. I know Riz already kind of gave it a one because he's so angry about the hypocrisy thing. But setting that aside, I I like Ken's introduction. I, I, he he's actually a lot better than I remember. And that's why I want to give this Me episode. Too. Just on Ken alone, I want to give it maybe an 8 out of 10. Just yeah, for I'm giving an introduction. I'm giving an 8. So, plus, his first battle was actually pretty impressive. The whole cutting the water in half thing. Yeah, mm, that, was, yeah that was that beautiful. Was, that was pretty sick. So, I will revise my score to say the entire subplot of not trusting him is a 1. But the actual introduction is like an 8. Yeah, it's an eight for okay, me too. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I I just I have to judge on two different plots here, basically. Yeah, and his character is done way better than Dominic. Like my god, like Dominic just came oh, out of just freaking nowhere. Like, like who are you? Like, <laughs> I mean, the funny part is, you can see where they try to make a direct adaptation of Ken into Dominic, like. Beat for beat, the story is there of, oh, we don't trust him. Oh, he's not worthy of um, support. And he's, uh, he's just, you know, not somebody we want to work with. Like, that's all beat for beat in Single Fury. But Geki Ranger did it better here. Yeah.
Uh, do we want to move on now, guys? Okay, yes. I'm just going to. Okay, cool. Um, we move on to uh, the next part of uh, Ken's little story arc called uh, Gouda Gouda Hira Hira Shopping. Um, all about the Sojuto. Uh, we've already kind of discussed this. Uh, this is kind of going off of uh, what we just had a big argument about with, the, uh, with Ken selling the Sojuto, um, where uh, he and Retsu go to reclaim it from this old woman that he sold it to, and they have to try and fight her off because she holds a grudge against Gekijukin users because of her experience with Bat Lee. Um, and at the end of this episode, uh, Ken helps the merchant, uh, her name is Hanyan, um, make amends with Bat Lee, and she gives him the soju toll in return. Um, and... Melee is told to get the Soju Till for Rio since it's the only way for him to enter the Jukin Holy Ground. Um, I like how Ken, you know, tries to charm Hanyan and, like, you know, try to help her out. But honestly, like, there was nothing about this episode that really stood out to me. I don't know what else to say about this one other than, like, this woman has this thing going on with Bat Lee. Like, that should leave more of an impact on me, but it doesn't. Well, and the reason why is because we don't really know Bat Lee. So how can you have an impact for a character you don't know? Like, didn't we do one with Sharky Chan? Because he's the one Kensei that we all love. It'd be fun. Um, I actually thought this episode was pretty good in the way they handled um, the hunt for the dagger. Yeah, Jungle theory. I didn't like it as much. Like it was decent. It it got the job done. Where Dominic left it in a cushion in a restaurant uh, booth. I get it. That's fine. But here it actually had like there's more of a story going on here, at least a little bit. And I like that better than what we got in Single Theory. Plus, Ken trying to sweet talk everyone was really fun. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, Anthony, you want to say anything? I like this episode. It was actually um, pretty confident. I was I did not remember like how Ken had lost, well, not really lose the uh, the dagger, but like the fact that he was able to not only get it back, like. He was able to also help um, the old lady out with her issue with Bat Lee, but I, I, I just—it just seems off because, like, I wouldn't think that Bat Lee would just up and just leave some some woman that that was in love with him like that. It don't seem like his character. Like, he just seems like kind of like, oh, I'll just, you know, I don't know. He would have could at least wrote wrote to her saying, "Hey, I hope you're doing well." Blah blah blah. But I don't know. Uh, Patrick. Uh, this I felt this car episode was a little bit too cartoonish. The whole my bedroom is up here, and I got an air vent with spikes in it. Like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah. I I probably like. I give it a six out of ten just because there's not much to it, but I don't remember anything about it that made me hate it. So it's just average. It's just there for me. Honestly, I oh I forgot this episode happened until you started explaining the episode. I was like, oh yeah, I did watch this. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like a four or something. I'll give it a six. Yeah. I'll Anthony. give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. Cool. Ungenerous. Okay, we got two more episodes left here, guys. Um, this next episode is like a conclusion of the Sojuto. Um, called the Say Say De Do Do Woman. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was t- that's terrible. That's t- the worst freaking uh, title I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it's starting to wear on you, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it wore am... on me from episode one. I know. <laughs> um, so uh, in this episode, uh, Melee is trying to get the Sojuto from Ken, and she challenges him to a fair one-on-one duel to obtain it. But uh, Long interferes, and uh, basically... Um, um, even though Melee wants to kind of uh, do one-on-one, uh, Long kind of makes things complicated by um, convincing Melee to kidnap uh, Ken's younger sister named Sachiko. Um, and Ken defeats Melee in a fair fight, but then uh, Melee actually ends up getting the Sojuto because Long kind of convinces her to threaten to kill Sachiko um, in exchange. And uh, um, Melee actually exhibits her own Dorinki power from the uh, frustration with herself um, um, for uh, stooping to such a low level. And at the end of this episode, uh, Ryo, uh, he was imprisoned by Maku for challenging him. Uh, Melee frees Ryo with the Sojuto, and they go to the Jukin Holy Ground. Um, I love this episode. Um, it's I would say that this is a Melee-centric episode, um, and I, I love it because it really shows how, like, how, even though Melee may be a villain, she's not, she is a very honorable villain, because, like, when Long is saying, hey, you know, you should, uh, you know, kidnap Geki Chopper's sister and then threaten to kill her, and then she's all like, no, that's going way too far, man, like, why would I do that? Like, it shows that she's not like your conventional villain. It's like Villamax from uh, Lost Galaxy, you know? Like, like, literally that same thing where, like, you know, Villamax says, okay, Red Ranger, if you surrender yourself, then I'll let your friends go. And then he surrenders himself, and, he, and then he says, okay, release the Rangers. And then Deviant is all like, what? Really? You're actually going to let them go? And then Villamax is like, uh, yeah, I have to honor my promise. It's that type of mindset with Melee, too. And I know mm-hmm. it's simple stuff, but I really like that with villains. Yeah, where she's a villain solely because of who she's with, not necessarily through her own actions, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was also nice to see the, uh, our new goofball get put into a rather serious situation and how he went about it. Because he, it's, it's, he's made it clear that he's smart in combat because he basically punked Melee in this fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's still an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Riz, Anthony, you want to say anything about this episode? I love this episode a lot. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, I, I think. It's sad that in four episodes, again, we got more info on Ken and his personality and his background and his family and everything. But 
literally 30 episodes in and we don't know Zach about Ren. Ren. So, I think they're doing a really good job with the... I don't know, do you call these auxiliary rangers or do you call them part of like the sixth ranger troop? I consider Gekki Chopper a sixth ranger. I consider Violet an extra ranger, but I don't know if Gekki Chopper is the label as a sixth ranger officially or not. Yeah, I don't know, but I will say that I I like him a lot, and I like that we get a lot of info on him. And I think um, this does a good job of really showing how Long is kind of having a massive impact on the villains, because he may not be doing much now, but he will become incredibly active later on. Yeah. I give this an 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go yeah, 8.5 yeah. here. Yeah, 8 or 9. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a 9. Cool. Um, okay, we got one more episode. Uh, spoiler alert, I hate this episode. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> I literally got bored of this episode. I, I did not pay attention at all. I was literally like, reading something else while I was just watching it. So, Before you begin, Nate, Yeah. In case you hadn't seen my note and sat. Oh, I saw it. I I somehow missed this episode in the watch through because it skipped me from 30 to 32. So I haven't seen 31, so I have no opinions here. Just just carry on without me on this one. <laughs> okay, well, mm-hmm. you, did, you didn't miss anything with you this didn't episode. Miss um, like, nothing no, I, happened. I, I was going to make a comment later that I missed nothing here because literally... I, I saw the natural progression of story from 30 to 32. Mm-hmm. And also, our, the, the description for this episode of Nate's notes is like dinky. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, can tell Nate didn't like it. It's called stuff. Wee Mooney Mooney. Um, it's a filler episode revolving around John and Ken helping out one of Natsume's classmates. Uh, Shinichi when they get captured by this Rinjukin beast. Um, uh, okay, so here's why I hate this episode. Okay, first of all, Shinichi is annoying. Okay, he, oh this my is a, God, yes. This is like people, this is like Ranger Self Child of the Day, uh, which, uh, by the way, uh, like, people better get used to these types of plots because it's that's going to be like the whole thing when we do G Ranger. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say that same thing. You like this? Uh, <laughs> I was like, you like this episode structure? No. Well, too bad. There's 40 more in Zoo Ranger. <laughs> this, but okay, he's annoying himself as so it. What's like, the what's the structure you're referring to here exactly? Huh? What structure are we referring to when you say that? Structure. He's a structure? Yeah. I said structure. That's a typical um, Geo Ranger episode for the most part. With like yeah, maybe like the except Like yeah. the, ran- the kidnapping or the random the kid. nonsensical yeah, having random kid. Kid. Okay. Yeah. This the like there's always a kid in every episode of Zoo Ranger like that needs help with yeah. something. Okay. Except in like maybe a handful of episodes, like the ones that revolve around Burai. Yeah, but we don't count those. Um, but yeah. majority of it is just killing kids. <laughs> I don't. Yay. I don't even think sh- the 
Shinichi even needs to be in this episode, though, because, like, you could have had an episode where, you know, John and Ken get stuck in this little area by themselves and, you know, maybe have this revolve around their friendship and how they need to work together to stop this, uh, stop this, um, you know, Rinjukin beast. And, you know, they're trying to make Ken out to be, like, this genius who, like, this lazy but, like, intelligent guy. So you could have had him be the one who comes up with the idea of, you know, combining his side blade with John's booster. Like you could cut Shinichi out of this and it wouldn't have been an amazing episode, but it would have been fine. I mean, nothing too bad, but it's also a weirdly timed episode. Because, and funnily enough, Riz accidentally jumping to 32 helps do this because like the previous episode, Melee literally stole this end all be all weapon from Ken you would think that the Geki Rangers would be on high alert, and yet there seems to be no urgency from the Geki Rangers. Like, while while Rio and Melee are literally going to the Juke and Holy Ground, meanwhile, John and Tim, what are they doing? They're screwing around with this kid. Like, yeah. can you at least have Go... Like, can you at least have Go and Ken going out to try to stop Rio and Melee? I mean, okay, at the end of this episode, Master Shaku... Are you, are you kidding me? This is what happens in 31? Yes. This is what happened. Dude, this episode is terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Because, uh, The best way... Do do, do you want to know know how how this episode starts off? So, it's basically like uh, uh, Mitsuki's daughter, like, Miki's daughter is, like, you know, cheered on one one of the um, boys that goes to school with her or whatever, playing a basketball game. And the kid's like dribbling. He's he's about to make the score or whatever. And the other kid, that's his friend or whatever, is like, "Hey, pass it here. I, I'm open. I'm open." And instead of doing that, he's like, "Nah, screw it. I'm just gonna like take the shot and misses and, and loses the game." That's how that's how the episode starts. I mean, that's fine. That's typical sports but drama. Yeah, but it's what happens after that. He's like, "What? Why didn't you help us?" And the kid was like, "Screw off!" and runs away. And then the monster of the week shows up, and he tries to fight the monster, and then gets mad when the Geki Rangers save him. Save him. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Sinich is an idiot, yes, and an arrogant <laughs> idiot. It's like the best way I can sum up my reaction to this is you know that meme edit of that Michael Jordan Nike picture. Where it's just a zoom in on his face and the quote is F them kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my reaction. So, Screw so this kid. So what I'm hearing here is I missed out on a prime opportunity to give another rant. Yes, you did. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch 31 and give a rant in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> What's really stupid though is that like Nate, as to the outline, is happening. He could have easily have just said, "You know what? I I have a hard time trusting people because I'm I'm because growing up I didn't have a good upbringing with my family." Blah blah blah. It's like why that the heck was something. this? It's like why the heck was this kid talking like Jiren? Power <laughs> is everything. <laughs> it's like, bruh, like why are you so stupid? Like, well, like he doesn't even need to be in this episode. Yeah, he doesn't. It's He's like, just, dude, you're in a basketball team. You're on a basketball team. Of course, you're going to have people on, on the team helping you. It's not just it's not just you there. It's like you're an eighth grader playing basketball. Get off your high horse. Of course. 
what is this about, I have to win with my power only? What are you on? What are you talking about? You're playing basketball with other people. You Good idiot. God. <laughs> He's trying if, you so hard. Him, if you removed him from this episode and just have it revolve around Ken and John, okay, it wouldn't be a great episode, but, I mean, it would be fine. I mean, they're, like, they're, the way those two bounce off of each other is funny to me. I actually enjoy when they interact because they're just, they're both sick of each other's crap all the time, and I find that hilarious. Right. But th this little craphead. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, in the previous episode, Melee stole this end-all, be-all weapon, like, and only Master Shafu is going to stop them? Like, can't you at least have re Go and Ken go out to try and stop them? No. Like, uh... <laughs> now I understand 32 a little bit better. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the piece of information I was missing to understand what the heck they were doing, but it didn't really matter. It was like such a small plot point. Yeah, and it's ironic. Like, Riz jumping from, like, 30 to 32 shows that you could skip this episode and miss almost nothing. The yeah. only thing you're missing is you, that you... I didn't know Safu was the only one to go off, of, uh, go off and get the dagger back. Yeah. That's the that's only thing I didn't know. Because, because I was very confused at the beginning where Safu... Spoilers. Safu is chasing them and the rest of the Kensei are trying to recover the dagger from... Them in the beginning part of the episode. <clears throat> like, I was confused why they were doing it and not the Rangers, but now I get it. They were too busy dicking off. <laughs> That's pretty But it's also, it's also like, you, they do have that whole, oh, we're not, we, can't, we, can, we can't fight or interfere because we made a, I guess, promise or whatever. And it's like, that's the whole reason why they shouldn't be out there trying to stop him because they made that promise. <laughs> that, oh, I'm not well, going to spoil I'm not going to spoil it, but they do a really creative thing to get around that rule. Okay. Yeah. I, I like what they do to get around that rule. But this episode was just bad. I give it a 1 out of 10. <clears throat> because I didn't see the episode and because it has no impact on my watching of 32, I'm going to give it a 0 out of 10. I was going to give it a 1, but I'm going to give it a 3 because we had some good laughs talk talking about it here just now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe. Then. Okay, that's the one thing that we could talk about there. <laughs> what about you? Negative five. Well, oh, man, we're whipping out the negatives. Yeah. No, 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 Anthony, Anthony, you messed up. The correct answer here is it's under negative nine thousand. Oh, you know what? Stop. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, we want to talk about our overall thoughts. Uh, what do we think with like how the plot has uh, kind of uh, expanded in our last episode? Like, what do we think about it? I mean, I don't know. Like, on one hand, my first reaction is, what really happened to warrant us having these ten episodes and? Honestly, I can sum it up in like three sentences, and that's bad because ten episodes should not be summarized in three sentences. I mean, 
it, this feels like it's just set up for the final home stretch because now we have every mentor on both sides. We have every Geki Ranger. This was just setting up the final rosters for the the home stretch because yeah. it looks like yeah. the next episode. Because I did see the preview. Uh, watch the next episode preview at the end of this last episode. Watch, and it sounds like we're setting up for like maybe the the peak of the season with the tense is starting to boil over and everything. It's a really good episode, Patrick. I liked that episode. Yeah, I had a, it, the preview made it look like it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. So, it's really good. I, I, I will just say that, and I'm going to leave it there. It, this, this just looks like it's these 10 episodes were set up for the rest of the season. So I'm yeah. I'm not I I didn't expect anything major out of it. It did get, it did introduce us to probably the two best Geki Rangers of the season. I'm not well, probably they are. <laughs> and, exactly. Well, and so they introduced the, the two best hmm? I was going to say they introduced the two best Geki Rangers and they also do a heck of a lot better job of giving background and Character yeah. development for these two today for the other primary rangers, and I liked the dynamic that the what was his name the the rage guy that was introduced earlier on in these ten episodes Maku, yeah Maku. I like the dynamic he introduces where he kind of scares the others, and Rio is like reluctantly giving him the throne because he knows he's just going to take it back from behind his <laughs> take it back from him later. Mm-hmm. And it kind of motivates him to keep going. So it added a nice little twist. I really like the villains compared to how... Because in Jungle Theory, it felt like these three, their Power Ranger counterparts were basically at each other's throats trying to take the throne from Daishi every episode. Which yeah. was stupid as heck. But in this one, there's an actual hierarchy with these guys, and it makes things more clean and simple to follow. Pretty much. So, yeah, the villains are still the highlight of this season so far, but Go and Ken are definitely adding some more interesting dynamics to the, the core team itself, which desperately was, was desperately needed, <laughs> because these, these three on their own were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any, like, individual commentary we want to give? Well, okay. I don't think, uh, I mean, Rio and Melee, I mean, it's still pretty par for the course. I don't think they did anything major, major this time. No, uh, no not, nothing to be noteworthy. The only thing we really uh, got was Melee showing some hesitancy and being, like, truly malicious. Which I, I did like that, but that well, was the that, only thing of that's note. Just continuing, that's just <clears throat> continuing her personality from prior. Yeah. Like melee, melee has said from the beginning. She is mm-hmm. here to support Rio. Yeah, but we doesn't didn't matter know, what Rio's doing. But we didn't know where her personal boundaries actually were until yeah. Now. But I kind of, but do you kind of infer it from earlier episodes? Like I don't know what it was, but I could kind of tell she's not actually evil. She doesn't want to do bad things. Yeah, and I, I, I got that. I really feel like something is going to come of that later. Oh, I hope so. Better. Yeah. yeah. And this long guy, very, very interesting character. We, he just shows up. He seems like he knows what's going to happen. 
which is kind of bizarre. I'm, I'm this guy has me intrigued because he's just mysterious. Yeah. You guys have no idea how great this guy is going to turn out to be. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. The only thing I do know is that he is technically the main antagonist. I just don't know anything else about him. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's even in the in the credits. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. We finally got the, the second uh, intro at one point during these episodes, too. Yeah, I was random. really just annoyed that they, they, they didn't give like an intro with Go being a yeah. ranger yet, but yeah. whatever. They literally wait until yeah. after, after Ken joins, which is fine. It's just, I just wish that we had gotten oh, like a little... Ken joins, like, they update the credits literally in the same episode that Ken uh, yeah. and Gekki Chopper. Yeah. Yeah, you, it, see him like in, you see him in uniform in the cre opening credits before you do in the actual show. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's like in Power... Like, I remember Power Rangers doing this twice. Like, they added Eric to the credits to show him being the Quantum Ranger in the episode where he becomes the Quantum Ranger. Which, I mean, Oof. okay, fine. You probably guessed that he was going to become the Quantum Ranger, but the worst was in RPM where they add Jim and Gemma to the credits as the Gold and Silver Rangers when you find out the episode where they're the Gold and Silver Rangers. And, like, at the very end of the episode, they reveal their identities. And it's like, oh, it's Jim and Gemma. And it's like, wow! Well, you spoiled that for us in the opening credits! of his main stopping! That's why I'm glad that in space didn't credit Andros in the first episode. I like that. That was a real nice touch that they did for in space. Exactly. But, yeah. Sometimes the intros just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Although this is the first time I've seen Sentai do that. Because, I mean, Sentai is usually pretty good with their openings, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to add anything about... Uh, oh, okay, well, with the main Gekki Rangers, I don't think John, Retsu, and... Okay, I don't think John, Retsu, and Ron have done anything noteworthy for us to talk about. They're still just the same boring cardboard cutouts. We did get something uh, to add. Would be the, the Retsu had a more backstory. I don't think we got with the Retsu stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. we got some backstory for him, which was cool, but it really didn't do anything for him more so than it did for Go. Yeah, and that's something earlier that Retsu's story with Go was a side effect of Go's story. Mm-hmm. Like, the focus wasn't on us learning more about Retsu. It was more about Go processing his feelings and trying to make sense of the world he came back to. Yeah. So, I'm going to start off by saying Go and Ken are the best characters in this damn season. And I really enjoyed both of their stories and their personalities because... They're perfect polar opposite of each other in a way. So Go is very stoic and by the book and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, he's like Captain America. Uh, Ken, on the other hand, is lazy, weird, and goofy. And he is the exact opposite. Like, he has no interest in doing anything until he wants to do it. Uh, he has no sense of duty, but it's fantastic because his personality is amazing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and the, the, we haven't had these two on screen together very much, but the few times they have been on screen together, they've 
their synergy is so unstable that it's entertaining. Right. Yeah. Heck, the episode, literally episode 31 is literally their only interaction together with just those two. We need a buddy cop movie with uh, Go and Ken. <laughs> I'd watch that. Just going out and doing ranger stuff while burrowing together. I think that'd be great. But I've given my two cents on these two characters at at yeah. at great extent in this review. So I mean, I have nothing else to really say about either one at this point. Me neither. Do we have any closing thoughts we want to make then? Yes. Are we done yet with <laughs> the season? Uh, not quite, Riz. We have two more podcasts to do. Uh, I'm so close to the end of Gucky Ranger. I mean, remember what I said still- earlier. An ending can salvage a season for me. So Exactly. I'm, okay. I'm excited to see how this whole thing wraps up. Because if the ending is good, then I can forgive the beginning. Okay, so he- here's the difference in Sinkinser and Gucky Ranger. By this point in Sinkinser, I could start to see the value of Takaru and the value of the of the Sentai season as a whole. Like I started to say, okay, this is not too bad. I'm starting to like it. Geki Ranger. I like the two characters, but that's about it. Oof. Yeah, well, we, we also don't I mean, know what's gonna it, happen in between here and then either so yeah so i mean as of right now my closing thoughts are if they're gonna pull a sin cancer where the ending's gonna make me like it they have a lot of work ahead of them to get there yeah oh, i'm definitely not expecting because... it to and turn around so hard with shin cancer that i'm like oh my god this is like a top three season no it's it's, it's not getting there <laughs> i don't care no, what I don't well, care. Anthony, this is remember. This is Anthony's favorite season that he picked for us to review. So maybe, possibly, yeah. I'm yeah. still waiting for. I'm still waiting for the thing that Anthony says makes this season great. It, it was never in my top ten. Well, okay, may, maybe not. Maybe my top fifteen, but not my top ten. Although the one thing I'll say is that. I really didn't like Ken when I first watched this, but Ken has actually grown on me. I might actually like I, I really had him in like one of my worst, like top ten worst Sentai Ranger characters. I'm realizing that was way too harsh. I I I, I don't know why I'm very I very curious like why. Do what? I'm very curious why you felt so strongly against him. I think the issue that I had was that I didn't see how he connected to the rest to the overarching story i thought maybe i found him a little bit annoying and i thought that uh you know he was kind of an and, idiot and you but, didn't think any of the same things about john what oh i, oh, I thought john was an, i always hated john okay i <laughs> i but i i think the big thing that i realized it's, it's exactly what patrick said he's meant to kind of be more comedic and looking at him now i and i also think that his comedic personality kind of works be- because he's meant to play like that and they kind of compliment him by like saying oh he's kind of a lazy genius so he's he's not 
he doesn't have his own unique form of Geki, but his Geki is strong in this really creative way that only works for him. I'm starting to realize that he's a bit more unique than I remember. Yeah, because the thing about Ken, he's not exceptional in the, mar- in the fighting style that they're doing as Geki Ranger. Like, he's not at all as talented as the others are. Um, but his his base talent to do the the role of the rhino, um, because they even well hang on, maybe I'm projecting from thirty two. I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh crap! Well, we'll hang talk on. about that next time. We'll talk about it next time. I'm gonna hold off because I think I'm about to spoil <laughs> something if I say it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> Anthony and Patrick want to add anything? No, I'm sorry. No. I need to say. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, before we wrap up, I'll give a little bit of an announcement on what we're going to be doing. Uh, we are going to be doing 32 through 43 next time, guys. Uh, we're, we're basically, next time we're going to be doing all the episodes leading up to what is effectively the endgame arc. So, 32 to 43. Then we will do the entire in-game arc and wrap up Geki Ranger. I know Riz is excited for that. Um, for, the uh, end is near. <laughs> uh, 44 to 49. Um, wow, that's a long in-game arc. Yep. And uh, after that, we will be actually taking a bit of a break from uh, j- um, just a preview on what we're going to be doing after Geki Ranger. We'll be taking a break from Sentai. We're actually going to be reviewing uh, the uh, Gridman series. Uh, it's 39 episodes. We look forward to that. Um, so with that being said, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this little segment for our Geki Ranger review. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. Um, and please like this video and leave any comments down below of what you want us to review. Um, and uh, if you, uh, we would like to give a pers- uh, big shout out to those who listen to us on Spotify and iTunes. Please check us out at AnimeSecrets.org and, uh, you know, follow us on all our Instagram pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those. Um, once again, we thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you guys next time as we take a big deep, as we take a much deeper dive into probably what it's like where things get really, uh, really, uh, epic with Geki Ranger, or at least we're hoping that's the case. But until that time, guys, we will see you later. So, um, yeah, have a good one.